what we try to do uh, for women. We're also trying to liberate men from the stereotyping. If you, if you think men underwear, you normally think of some guy with six packs, uh, with uh, water dripping from their muscular shoulders. We're much more about, you know, the really good guy, the dad that picks up his kids from school, the, the guy that works an extra shift to, to pay for the family vacation, the good man that actually everybody's thriving to be and that doesn't get half as much attention as uh, the hot-looking guy who spends all his time in the gym eating protein bars. Hello and welcome to ESM Squared, the podcast for experienced social media marketers. I'm Emily, your host and long-term member of the team here at Iconosquare. Iconosquare is one of the leading analytics and management tools for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. We're proud to work with some of the biggest agencies in the world, as well as huge brands such as Patagonia, Sephora, Versace, even NASA and Sloggy, which is the brand we're putting in the spotlight in today's episode. If you're new to Iconosquare or just haven't got around to checking out our tools before, you can start with the basics by heading over to audit.iconosquare.com and getting a free audit of your Instagram and Facebook accounts to find out once and for all where you're flying high and where you're falling flat. These audits are so helpful and they are literally the best place to start when it comes to improving your social media strategy with analytics. If you're a regular listener of ESM Squared, you'll know that we have two types of episode, the interviews with social media experts, where professionals share with me and all of you their experiences working with social media, as well as their internal strategies, tips, tricks, and more. And we also have tutorial episodes in which I talk all by myself about a particular topic, which can often be a burning question for social media marketers like you and help guide you into making strong decisions for your social strategy. This episode is an interview and I'm lucky to have been able to chat with Yaron Jacobs, who takes care of the social media strategy at Sloggy, the household name for comfortable, practical underwear. Listen carefully because Yaron's take on social strategy is as inspiring as the story behind the company is. Once you're done with this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. And don't forget, you can try Icona Square for free for a whole two weeks and you don't need to share any credit card information to get started. Contact me directly for any questions or feedback via emily at iconosquare.com. Today I'm joined by Yaron from Sloggy. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Hi Yaron, how are you? Hi Emily, very nice to speak with you. Glad to be here. Well, thank you very much again for your time. Let's just start straight away with the questions. First question I want to ask is, obviously, Sloggy is a very well-known brand. I don't know if that's because I'm in the right generation for it, but I'm certainly familiar with the brand as a household name. Can you give me a little bit of history on the company and how you came to be a part of the team? Uh, Sure. So Sloggy is part of the Triumph Group, and we have two main brands in Europe and another brand in uh, Asia and Japan. Uh, the two main European brands are obviously Triumph and Sloggy. Uh, Triumph has 150 years of uh, heritage in the underwear industry, and Sloggy is a much younger brand that emerged in the end of the 70s out of uh, the liberations by uh, the company's owners, who are, by the way, still the same families. Uh, and they saw that at that time, uh, the women's movement uh, became very popular and women started in protest on uh, for, for women's rights to uh, to burn their bras. And uh, that made them think and say, well, if this is going to continue, we need to totally change uh, the spirit of, of, of what it is we're doing and come up with a product that fits the needs and requirements of uh, modern women. And out of that revolutionary spirit that puts comfort first, uh, Sloggy was sort of born, and that's what we stand for until today. 
uh, we have this uh, notion of creating what we call liberating true comfort. And that means comfort not in the sense of sitting on your couch and watching TV, but comfort in the sense like a uh, sports sneaker would provide you with. Uh, that's the shoe that you would wear for running, the shoe that you would wear to go to work, that you can wear for hiking, that you can wear for just going out to town. Uh, really anything you want to do is just more comfortable with it. And the same way we feel about our underwear. We want people to feel more uh, you know, more liberated, more free uh, when they wear our products and to enable them to do whatever they do. And hence also the slogan, nothing can hold us back. Brilliant. Thank you. I had no idea that it went all the way back to burning bras. That's so interesting that there's so much history behind the brand. Can you tell me what your main missions are within your team? So I had the global digital team and we work together with uh, our uh, local uh, digital marketing organizations in different countries, as well as with our e-commerce teams to uh, streamline and enhance the impact of all our digital activities that ranges from, of course, our own e-commerce channels, our distance retail, di digital distance retail channels such as Amazon or Zalando, uh, to uh, our activity on social media, where currently we're focused mostly on uh, Instagram, as well as a little bit on Facebook, and we are going to be on TikTok as of next year. Oh, wow. So interesting. What have you got planned in terms of content for TikTok? Uh, well, we're pretty much extending what it is that we're doing right now uh, on our Instagram channels, but of course, adjusting the formats and the uh, way in which we engage with uh, uh, with collaborators uh, to uh, you know to 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 match the uh, uh, best practices for for TikTok. Okay, so a lot of influencer marketing, I guess. Well. Uh, I mean, right now, we, we work with influencers, but uh, we also produce a lot of content ourselves. When it comes to TikTok, it's going to be different because it's a, a pure video uh, sound on platform and we need to focus stronger on collaborators. So it will be uh, you know, an upgrade from what we do now with regards to complexity, uh, but it's still going to have a strongly content and... Uh, uh, you know, content focus rather than a uh, pushing product focus. What would you say your main goal is on social media as a whole at Sloggy? Well, I sort of hinted on it already. And, uh, you know, one of the first things we uh, established when I joined the company is that we need a very clear reason of why we are on social media. We found that a lot of companies are on social media just because their peers are. And uh, sometimes there is this uh, uh, false belief that, uh, well, you post something on social media and suddenly everybody's going to want to buy your product just because of that. And obviously, this isn't really so. What uh, I think we have realized and what probably every company is sooner or later going to realize is that when you are uh, on social media, you become a publisher. You're running a channel and people that follow you follow you because you have interesting content playing on your channel. And what we're trying to communicate on, on our social media channel is much less about uh, what the product does and much more about what you can do with the product. 
We're trying to tell the story of the source of what inspires us to create uh, underwear that's just more comfortable and that doesn't hold you back. We're trying to show the uh, type of people we think about when we make the product, the type of activities that we have in mind uh, when we make it, and to uh, tell real stories with really interesting subjects and topics uh, to, to our audience so that we can contribute to their experience on social media if they decide to follow us and at the same, t- same time get to know us better as a brand. That's such a good strategy, I think, to you're selling a lifestyle, you're not selling just a product, you're selling a way of life through stories of real people who actually use your product. The, the product we're making is also pretty unique because if you're, if you're, a, you know, if, if you're a fashion designer and you create a full collection of dresses and pants and shoes and jackets and handbags and you know, whatever, you have a lot of different things to show. And then, you know, just doing amazing photo shootings might be enough because it's just nice to see and interesting to see. But we believe that people who follow us, they don't just want to see a picture of a bra every day. And they want more than that. And, and that's really what we want to give them. And, uh, you know, as we said before, it's all about improving your level of comfort. Our main goal, and you know, it's probably something we will never reach, but we're getting closer to it uh, day by day, is to, you know, normally you say when, when a woman takes off her bra, she has this sigh of relief. It says, ah, you know, thanks God I can take that off. And we want to reverse that. We want to have the sigh of relief when you put the product on and say, wow, this actually feels much more comfortable than being without it. And uh, that's sort of an enhancement of, you know, how you can be better than yourself, how you can you know, take yourself, your interests, uh, your social connections, your lifestyle to the next level, uh, while at the same time being true to yourself and w- without having to push yourself too hard and staying in comfort. Uh, that's that's the narrative that we want to express. You speak about um, obviously showcasing your clients and telling their stories. Who is your ideal client and how do you go about reaching them? I wouldn't really say that there is an ideal person as much as there is an ideal mindset. Of course, we do the uh, demographics and we know that the majority of our consumers are in the age range between 20 and 40. Uh, but we have also older women that just swear by wearing sloggy since, uh, you know, forever. And we also get increasingly more younger women um, who, uh, you know, who just had enough of the old way in which laundry and underwear has been presented and that, you know, don't want to conform anymore with, uh, uh, you know, that I have to be sexy and I have to be this and I have to be that. You you can just be you and you can still look good and you can also feel good. And, you know, with this sort of mindset that I've already outlined, uh, you have all sorts of uh, ages and you also have all sorts of gender because while uh, our main business is women's underwear, uh, we also produce products for men, and I can tell from my own experience they're amazingly comfortable. And uh, we also have a lot of men who are uh, interested in what we have to to say and what we communicate. That's so interesting. I, I didn't even know that you did men as well. I was going to say, I guess it's mainly women, but I guess not. Well, it, it is just because women's have 
uh, a product on the top and a product on the bottom, uh, there is more business coming out of the women's side of, uh, of the equation. But uh, we create men's products as well. And here, very similarly to uh, to what we try to do uh, for women, we're also trying to liberate men from the stereotype. And if you if you think men underwear, you normally think of some guy with six packs, uh, with uh, water dripping from their muscular shoulders. And you know, we, we're much more about you know the really good guy, the dad that picks up his kids from school, the the guy that works an extra shift to to pay for the family vacation uh and you know the you know to, the the good man that actually everybody's thriving to be and that doesn't get half as much attention as uh the hot looking guy who spends all his time in the gym eating protein bars that's why we're, we we're also uh you know we're, we're trying to to support body diversity as much as possible Right for 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 men as well as women. Well, it's the right century to be uh, defending all all body shapes, isn't it? <laughs> Unfortunately, it took so long. Okay, earlier on you spoke about um, collaborating with some influencers here and there, but that you also created a lot of your social media content yourself. Is that you, or is that somebody else inside the team who actually designs and creates your content for social? Well, of course, we work with uh, with uh, agency partners. We have a global agency. Uh, that helps us uh, in, in, in leading that process. Uh, but we also uh, work with our teams and partners in the markets uh, in all our different countries who then uh, adapt the content into different languages, enhance it to suit their market, uh, build upon it, on, uh, on, on top of it and expand it so that we really cross-pollinate each other uh, from the way we create uh, content and uh, also the way we look at the results and, and, and learn from each other what works uh, where. It's a big collaborative effort with a lot of people involved. And you know, for us in the global team, we sort of try to, to set the stage and to create a, a good framework and a you know, core pillar of, uh, of content in the form of a, a strategy and methodology of how it is developed. Uh, that then everyone can uh, and can chip into and uh, utilize for their purpose. And, and what type of content would you say does work the best? After having checked everything out, uh, do you have a, like a format in in mind or uh, a tone of voice which works better than another, for example? Well, uh, it's really hard to uh, to say that in just a few words uh, when it comes to tone, tone of voice or one particular format. One thing that uh, we know for sure is that when you build your social channel, you have to build it the same way as you would build any other media channel. You need to have a recurring content grid with formats that can be uh, repeated and that become recognizable in a signature way to your audience. And if you would like me to uh, expand a little bit on that, uh, right. If you imagine that you're a TV channel, then you would have certain programs in your daily schedule. There would always be news, there would always be a game show, there would always be a movie in the evening, and there would be probably a talk show format and, and so on. These would repeat day by day, week by week, uh, in the same way of formats. But of course, the candidates in the game show will be different, the topic of the movie will be different, uh, the... Uh, um, 
you know, the news content will be different and, and so on. Same way in a newspaper. Newspapers always have the same pages, front page, opinion page, uh, sports page, uh, business page, and so on. But whatever is in there is new every day. Uh, social media works the same way. If you take an influencer, let's say someone that reviews uh, makeup products, then you know that person would always start by greeting the audience, maybe standing in front of the mirror, unpacking the makeup product, describing the ingredients, trying it on, and then give the review in the end. The rundown would always be the same, and of course, the content and the way it's executed would differ slightly from time to time. Same for us, we've developed a system uh, that relies on different, uh, you know, we call them program containers, uh, where we create different types of uh, formats and we repeat those always with different sort of uh, content uh, inspirations on a month-by-month basis to have a continuous red thread going through it. Uh, But to, you know, really when, when people see a post that we created, they will already know that it's, you know, that type of thing and whether or not they like it. And through that, we can really build a, a, uh, an audience that uh, sort of knows what to expect from us and we know what we have to deliver in order to make them happy. I absolutely love that comparison between the the TV program and the and the newspaper. I've never heard it put like that before, but you are so right. Is there a particular example of content that you're proud of that you were inspired and it paid off or or maybe on the contrary something which you tried out and that didn't pay off at all? Uh, well, there's a lot of things we tried out uh, that's, that didn't work. There's always more that uh, doesn't work than, than what does. Uh, there's something that we will be very proud of that's still not being published, uh, but I really, really look forward to, to it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't want to tell in advance what it's going to be. Uh, I can only say that it's uh, a new content format that we're bringing out where we are featuring um, interesting stories with highly inspirational uh, thought leaders uh, from uh, across the world. And in that particular first episode, it would be a very unusual, exceptional athlete from Japan. Uh, with a very unique story that really stands for everything that, that we stand for uh, in terms of uh, body diversity, in terms of uh, uh, supporting gender equality, and in terms of uh, full, not letting life hold you back, uh, as well as uh, you know, uh, feeling comfortable with who you are. Wow. Well, I can't wait for that. What metrics do you pay attention to? What is important for Sloggy to measure and why on social media? Yeah, I, I think uh, as in everything that we do, also here, uh, we, we put the consumer first. The first thing that we're looking for is are our followers happy? And the best way to see that is uh, that we have more joining than leaving. So uh, follower growth is really the most important. We also look at uh, engagement rates and likes and uh, you know, pretty much the, the standard metrics everybody looks at, but we pay more, uh, I would say, much more priority on uh, engagement and follower growth than, let's say, uh, you know, any type of more commercial metrics when it comes to social content. Uh, we really believe in separating content from advertising. 
and we do advertise on social media as well and uh and, and you know that's that's paid ads and we target uh, uh our, our target consumers and we hope to make very attractive and interesting and entertaining ads that are relevant for uh, our audience but we really separate between uh, the way we communicate as an advertiser as opposed to the way we communicate as a publisher. Okay, because I suppose in advertising, you're more about selling the product, whereas in your content, you're yeah. selling the story, correct? We're telling the story and we hope that people will like the story. Yeah, advertising, the purpose of advertising is consumer information. There, you know, we want to tell the world that we have a new fantastic product and that we recommend that they buy it, and we're sure they're not going to regret it if they if they listen to us. And of course, there we look at uh, conversion rates, and uh, you know, like, like every performance marketer. Um, but when we are communicating uh, on our channels, uh, on our on our feeds, on social media, then. You know, we're talking to people who may have already bought the product, who might already be our fans and just want to be in touch, or who are interested to to consider buying from us, but they want to get to know us first. And then it's not about you know hardcore selling them uh, you know to to buy something from us, but they want to know who we are, what we're about, which world we live in, and and if we are compatible with with their world. And you know, after all, we're making products that are very personal and that touch uh, the most personal parts of a person's body so uh, you know it's also their good right to want to know uh, who they're buying them from and to develop a certain relationship with us and that's what it's uh, about about much more so cool I love the fact that you have like such a a strong conviction behind what you're doing and why you're doing it there's no wishy-washy you know exactly what you're doing and 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 the reasons for doing it I love that well thank you I'm, I'm, I'm glad you feel it. Um, right, let's move on to the quick fire questions. We're right at the end now. I'm really excited to hear what you've got to say. So let's go for it. What takes up most of your time as a social media professional? Well, I didn't really know what, what to say about that. Uh, now I do. Uh, because it's, uh, you know, no matter what we think about the consumer. It's uh, from the moment we wake up until we go to, to bed, we think about the consumer experience. And this is really unique in social media as opposed to any other form of media that we are in direct correspondence with our consumers they can ask us questions they can tell us if they like or dislike what we do uh, we have to listen to them and we want to constantly improve uh, whatever we do on their behalf so what takes up most of my time is really what i do all of the time and that's to be the consumer's champion your three essential tools for social media marketing well, uh, I'll mention one, which is Iconosquare. Okay, well, that's cool. If we're number one for Sloggy, that's that's perfect for me. Um, your favorite accounts on social media, which can be completely personal to you, Yaren? Uh, I'm not sure that would be so interesting for a lot of people, but I could say that I'm, I, I see Apple's uh, account as one of the role models because when you follow Apple, you hardly ever see an iPhone or a Mac, but you only see what you can do with an iPhone or a Mac. They talk in the language of the creators and the people that they want to inspire with their products. And we're trying to do the same thing, even though we're having very different types of products 
and you know very different price points and levels of uh, technical sophistication. Even though we put a lot of technology into our uh, material and into product research, uh, but it still can't be compared. Yet, I think the understanding, the philosophy behind those accounts are are very similar. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I I wouldn't have thought that, but now you mention it, it's true. They don't often show their products, do they? That's cool. Uh, and finally, your advice to community managers. What advice could you give? Well, two, and they're a little bit conflicting. Uh, the one thing is there has to be something new. And the more often, the better. So novelty is very, very important. Like I said in the beginning, uh, when we just keep showing uh, products nicely spread out on uh, uh, whatever beautiful setting and we photograph it uh, and, and, and post it, that's not what the uh, audience wants to see. They may want to see it every once in a while, but if you only do that, uh, it may be new product, but at some point it's just going to get boring and people will stop following you. So you need to come up with new things, uh, with interesting things, with stories that matter to people um, all the time. And the other part of it is that quality goes before quantity. Um, in social media, it's way more important to uh, have content that touches people. You're competing against a huge quantity of uh, content and information that's uh, just a thumb movement away from you. You, know, you need to find things that make people stub their thumb and give you a few seconds of attention and then to pull them in so that they can hear what you have to say. So there is a, complica- a, a narrow balance that one must tread between having enough novelty and having enough quality. And it's uh, not easy to do. And it probably you know, always takes a while until uh, you find what I call your, your own language and your own style and, and appearance of, of the brand. Uh, but once it's there and once it emerges, then uh, it's going to get much easier and you're really going to be able to uh, flow with the audience and to work with your uh, contributors in a very smooth and easy way because everybody's going to immediately know what it is that you're about. Yeah, that's the best social media managers out there, the ones that can do that. You're right. Well, thank you so much for this interview. It's been really informative and I'm sure inspiring to other social media marketers out there. Uh, I'm sure that they'll enjoy listening to it as much as I have enjoyed interviewing you. Thank you very much. And I hope that uh, it was as interesting as I'd like it to be. That wraps up today's episode. Don't forget you can check out our other tutorials and interviews with experienced social media marketers on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. Please don't hesitate to give this episode a rating. And for all questions and comments, or to inquire about being interviewed on ESM Squared, contact me directly via emily at iconosquared.com.